Julie at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 154 of Dogcast Radio, which is our pre-Cruft special. I've been talking to some of the people who are busy preparing for Crufts in many different ways. Now the thing that most people know about Crufts is that it's a dog show. So let's jump straight in with Kimberly Barton. Kimberly's been a guest on the show before and she breeds Rottweilers and Great Swiss Mountain Dogs, affectionately known as Swissies. Kimberly will be handling Kai, a two and a half year old Swissy who she co-owns, who lives with Ursula and Matt Evans. So I asked Kimberly what preparations Ursula and Matt would be doing in the lead up to the most famous dog show in the world. For example, a Swissy has a short coat, so will Kai still need lots of bathing and grooming? Well, he'll go to the groomers, and he is—he um, goes to a, regu- you know, a regular groomer anyway. But they last year they um, were there to support us at Gruffs, and uh, they just love him to pieces anyway. Um, so uh, they will prepare him probably about five days before Gruffs. He'll have one because you have to watch. Um, sometimes they get a little bit of um, dandruff, and we want to make sure that his coat looks the best for yeah, um, the day. Yeah. So. So, yes, at the moment, he'll just be doing his normal thing and wallowing in mud, I think. (laughs) But, um, yeah, he'll go to the um, groomers and um, be bathed up and groomed and and, um, check his nails and have them filed and stuff. Uh, Make him all look lovely um, about four or five days before Crust. Yeah. Now, at least his coat, they they are sort of tricolour, aren't they? But mainly black. Yeah. So you haven't got the problem of sort of, you know, breeds like the Samoyeds have got, have you, where they're pristinely white all over. I mean, they do have white on their paws and their legs. Um, so if it's very wet and, and, and yucky coming in from crafts, um, baby wipes are on the hand ready yes. to clean him up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it must. I hadn't thought of that. But yes, they do have white on their paws. So it must be mm. a nightmare. Oh, gosh. Never mind. Never mind. So <laughs> now, how far will Kai have to travel in? What time will his, his day start? Well, um, for us, because we're not CC breed yet cc's of challenge certificates and um, so that we don't have actual breed classes as yet mm. um so we're in the any variety working imported register classes and because of that we're obviously less quite a bit less in numbers so we don't warrant having our own ring early on in the day so we're very late in the day yet again this year mm. um and so we probably won't go in much before half past three four o'clock Right, okay. But do you still have to be there? Sort of. They say you have to be there midday. All dogs are accepted into the halls at midday. Ah, right, okay. That's not so bad, is it, then? It's not, no. Because otherwise, if you've got an early class hmm. and you're in at 8 o'clock and then you're supposed to hang on till, is it 4 or 4? Until 4 o'clock, yeah. yeah. And it's such a long day, isn't it? It's the... very long, especially, and a lot of, remember, a lot of our dogs are family dogs, that, you know, with families with children. Yeah. And for children under a certain age... Crust is boring. Mm. They don't have enough to keep the kids occupied. Um, and some can, you know, be looked after by nanny and granddad. And, you know, that's lucky, you know, if they don't have to come to attend Crust. But those, you know, those people that do bring the kids, um, you know, it's not. And, and for toddlers and that, it's just so boring. They get tired. Mm. And bench isn't the most comfortable thing to sleep in. Even no. if they don't want to sleep in their prams or their push chairs. Um, and yes, and for us, you know, there's you know, several children that will come along with their families for the Swissies, um, and to wait till the end of the day is it's a long time. Uh-huh. And you know, there are people that aren't coming 
from abroad and there are a couple of families not coming this year because for the two-year-olds it was too long a day last year yeah and one yeah. family's heavily pregnant with num- baby number two Aww. so um they won't be coming family. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, but what's it like for you as the person that's going to step onto that green carpet at some point? Do you get nervous? Uh, well, with my 30-odd years experience, and yeah, I still get butterflies occasionally. Yeah. Um, but I'm always sort of checking around and trying to, I'm usually trying to meet friends in other halls and then get back. I'm aware of the time limits because they can change things. Even though they say that it's going to be a certain time, um, like last year, we were thinking, oh, we're not going to get in before five, but they suddenly switched rings. We got a different ring because I think it was the St. Bernard's were finishing, so they put us in then, so we all ran up there. Yeah. And we all had to move because our benching was right the way down the bottom, so we all had to run back up, to, you know, move back up to where the ring was yeah. um, because the other three breeds that were on before us were still going because they had a big entry. Um, and it didn't look, I guess it didn't look like to the officials that we were going to make it in the ring before that. So they got us in, the, in I think it was ring 22, mm-hmm. um, and we went in. Um, and, you know, we still had to wait a little bit because they were doing best to breed for the St. Bernard's, and then we went in after that. So. Yeah. So you, you've got to sort of stay fairly handy and, and flexible. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, the halls, it's, it, it's such a huge place anyway, yes, and very yeah. daunting for first-time visitors and, and spectators, etc. Um, and anyone, you know, that's never been to cross with a dog before, it's very, very daunting. And even the little maps that they used to give you, you can still get lost. You've oh, got, yes. I mean, I, I, I've been going so many years now, I, I know where most things are unless they completely change the layout, and mm. then I'll be stumped like everybody else. But um, most times, you know, you get your bearings, you know what halls, and I try and stick to like, halls four, halls three. They're, they're very, like, interconnecting, where yes. the others are further apart. And most of my friends in uh, the large other breeds are in those two halls anyway. So, But I'm always conscious and keeping an eye on Kai we never leave Kai alone on his bench there's always one of us with him or we take him for a little walk and everything um and uh, so yeah so you have to you have to sort of you you might be talking and chatting and having a drink with friends but you're constantly your mind's ticking over you thinking right the time's going on we've got to keep an eye and get back and have a look and see what's going on and then chop back again see someone else you know yeah yeah now I've never been lucky enough to actually exhibit a dog at Cruft but as I walk around the halls and and see the exhibitors with their dogs there's a huge variety of behaviors going on because some um, you know humans the the human part of the partnership it are asleep sitting in the benches with the dogs yeah. and then you get to these quite sophisticated picnics going on don't they so yep, some what's of them it? are very lavish yes. <laughs> so what's very, it like very. the Sorry? day what's it like to spend the day what do you do what do we do? Well, we usually bring our own because it is quite expensive and the queues, yes. if the toilets are just like, and you haven't got time. If you need to be back to go in the room, you haven't got time. You've got to make sure that you go for a wee and try not to drink too much before you go in. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, we'll, we'll have a little, we'll have a packed lunch sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Make sure the dogs are watered and, and toileted and everything else. Um, and um, exercise, you know, take them off the bench so they're not on there all the time and um, give them a little bit of exercise. But they do, for the uh, people that smoke, they allow you to go out with your dogs as well. So yeah. we can take them out in the fresh air, which they much prefer out on the grass and whatever. Yes. So, yeah. So we get to go out. But yeah, some of the picnics, some of the things we've, we've witnessed over the years, and we think, oh my goodness, how have you had time to do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we're getting up at the crack of dawn, especially if you're in poppy classes. You know, they're the first classes on usually, and veterans, sometimes they put veteran on and then puppy starts. Um, you know, you've got to be there. You've got to be leaving home at three or four in the morning, yeah. Yeah. you know, to get up there. And so you've hardly had any sleep, so hence people crashing out on their benches with yes. the dogs. Yeah. It, I mean, you do see that bond, though, between mm. 
the the owner or the handler and the dog yeah. you know because they are cuddled up together asleep yeah. or there's dogs on people's laps oh, or no. yeah, it, yeah. It, and the kids all crashed out in there when we used yeah. to cover discover dogs with our um small bread club um the dogs would get tired the kids would get tired and people would be in awe of all the swissies and the kids all crashed out together yeah you know so. either in the pen or outside you know where the, where the little chairs were where you could sit down you know they, they would just crash and this is again you see it all at cross you know and the dogs that, that live with their families with the children that's what they're used to yeah yeah and that's the majority isn't it yes yeah, yeah. now I, I do like to walk around the halls and, and see all the uh just the bonding and, and the, the friendships that you yeah, can see. Yeah, lots of all the congratulations and all the good luck cards and all yeah. the, above the benching and everything is really nice, you know, um, seeing all that. And the kids make special things if they've got, you know, their dog's going to be at Crufts, they make them little special things that they've made at school or at home, bless them. That's really, yeah. really sweet, some of those. Oh, excellent, excellent. So you look forward to Crufts? Oh, yeah, every year, every year. Yeah. And I, we always say to people, you know, it's, it, it is the show of the year, yes, but it's just another dog show. And that you go there, you enjoy being in company of your friends and meet and make new friends. And anything you gain in the ring is a big bonus. Yeah, that's got to be the attitude, hasn't it? Yeah. That's how you get the most out of it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, the best of luck to you and Kai and Ursula and Matt. Yeah. Um, mm. And if I'm there on the day, I shall come and see how you do. You have um, the, the great, greatest Swissies and Rottweilers, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, where can people find out more about you online? Um, they can look on Facebook. We've got um, Somala Rottweilers on Facebook. We've got Swiss Haven Swissies on Well, Swiss Haven Great Swiss Mountain Dogs on Facebook. Um, we also have um, our breed club for the Great Swiss um, also on Facebook. Um, but there, we also have a website. Um, the website um, is www.gsmd.org.uk um, and the Facebook is just Great Swiss Mountain Dog Club of Great Britain. Excellent. They can find us on there. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a, a brilliant craft. Thank you, Julie. So you see, it can be a long, tiring day for dogs and handlers, but I think most of them enjoy it too, from what I've seen. Although showing is a big part of Crufts, there's a lot more to it than that, and it's a great chance to educate both the public and professionals about dogs. Dog trainers like to keep up with the latest thinking. Good ones do, anyway. And there's an education zone for trainers in one of the vast halls at Crufts. Tony Shelbourne is an author and Tellington Touch practitioner, but she also worked for many years as a senior handler and education officer at the UK Wolf Conservation Trust, and I pried her away from her preparations for Crufts to tell me what she'll be getting up to. So, very excited. I've been asked by the KCAI, so the Kennel Club um, Careers Zone, for their accredited instructor's course um, to give a talk. So I'm giving a one-hour talk on Saturday uh, between 12 and 1, about um, basically around the book that I wrote a few years ago called The Truth About Wolves and Dogs. It's basically dispelling the myths of dog training, looking at where all this dominance theory came from, why it's still around, what we can do to change it, and kind of looking a little bit forward as well. So looking at um, where I personally think dog training needs to go next, because we've come so far in the last 20 years or so but we still have a little way to go, I think, to recognise dogs as emotional animals. Yeah, yeah. It is quite shocking, actually, because I talk to, to a lot of informed people like you and, and people at the cutting edge um, of dog training. And, you know, I'm, I'm picking up this message that what we've been basing our, our wolf studies on is, you know, and what's informed our training till now 
has been wrong. We need to change. You know, we need this enlightenment is there. Mm-hmm. What I find horrific is when I talk to other dog owners, uh, and I'm, I'm people. I'm thinking now, people who, if do you understand what I mean? When people who just happen to have a dog. Yeah. It's not. It's not the be all and end all of their life. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Mm. It's not a big thing, but they just happen to have a dog, and so many of them will turn around and say, "Oh yes, but you know, I have to be the." the boss of my dog and I have to show him dominance and I, I wouldn't let him push me off the sofa. And I'm just thinking, yeah. this is not the way to go about it. So there is a long way to go, isn't there, to get lack this... lack of knowledge there, isn't there? And yeah. that's the reason why I wrote the book originally. It was specifically for exactly who you've just mentioned, the ordinary dog owner out there in the world who gets information from lots of different places, some of it really good with reward-based trainers, some of it not so good with the old-style training, it's a lack of kind of knowledge, it's lack of understanding, it's we've always done it this way. And what I want to do is to teach people, these are actually where it will come from, so you can make an informed choice. Uh, uh. So, and it's about giving that information to today's dog trainers as well, to give them the, 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 that basis to be able to go away and go, well, actually, this is where we think it's come from, this is why it's, it's no longer relevant, this is how you should do it. So hopefully it will help all those new accredited instructors you know, on that course and any dog trainers who want to come and see um, the talk, um, you know, give them that information. But they already know it. You know, they're, all, they're not going to come to the talk unless they are positive wall bait train, trainers, but it will give them hopefully a little bit more information on the wolf side, which they might not have, which I will, um, for them to go away and, and be more convincing, I suppose, give that a rounded view to, to their clients. Yeah, yeah. And I guess as well, um, anecdotes always help, don't they? Stories of sort of your experience of the wolves, they can then yeah. pass that on. Yes, absolutely. Because it's no good you kind of sitting there sometimes saying, well, that's old hat. People need to know why it's old hat, don't they? For them to buy into it, to invest in that new idea and to change their ways. Because let's face it, our everyday dog owner, like you say, they've got a dog. Um, they love their dogs, mm-hmm. they do the best of their dogs, but they're not really into learning. Not all of them are into learning all these newfangled theories and this, that and the other. They just want to enjoy their dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, the, I mean, there is a lot of misinformation out there. Even, that's the sad thing, I think, that, you know, that, particularly I'm, th- I'm thinking of one person here who I will not name, but who has picked up on the wrong things that are in mm-hmm. the media, you know, and you go, oh, please just... Yeah. Look, look elsewhere for the better information. Yeah. 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 Well, so. hopefully we're, we're, we're hammering away, chipping away little bits at a time and we will get there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I love Crufts, Tony. I, I, to me, it's a, a celebration of everything dog and at its heart, the relationship between dogs and people. Uh-huh. So I, I love Crufts. Um, and I know your partner is very excited to, to go to Crufts with you, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's not actually going to be able to come with me, but his grandfather's cousin was Charles Crofts, who started Crofts all those years ago. Wow. So he's well pleased. Yeah, he's very excited about it. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> You've got to get him there, won't you? Yeah. Get some photos of next year, 2016. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's my mission now. <laughs> 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 I'll drive him there. Um, <laughs> Now, I know your, your book, The Truth About Wolves and Dogs, is fantastic, and we've discussed that, and I will um, put a link on to the show in which we discussed that. Um, but you've got a new book out, haven't you? It's out in May, so mm. it's just got the publishers now. Um, I was persuaded by a very good friend of mine, Lisa Temzendolmer, who's also a writer and also you know, very big in the dog world, 
to um, to write my memoirs of working with the walls. And I, I'm not the kind of person who ordinary would go, look at me, look at what fantastic stuff I've done. But I thought, actually, I'm starting to forget some of those little things that used to happen. So it's really amazing things like, you know, arriving in the morning and them all howling when I arrived or, you know, trying to call me back as I left. And all these uh-huh. tiny little amazing things that, you know, only I got to experience at early in the morning or late at night. So I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to write it down. So um, I've written down my favorite bits. Yes. Of, um, my memoir. So, yeah, it's called Among the Walls. Uh, and it just tells some very personal stories of, of my experiences with the walls, really. So it looks at um, Alba with his injury. So one of the walls I looked after broke his neck in a freak accident. And we, we rehabbed him back to health. Hmm. It looks at me re, um, raising cubs um, and loads of different stories. And it, it was great fun to write. It was, like, really hard to know what to leave out. I just wanted to put it all in. It was yes. so exciting. Yeah. You'll have to do, like, a, a director's cut, a longer one, you know, with everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that that must have been a real privilege, though, that, that you know, to be that close to the wolves. Well, yeah, I mean, how many people can say that they swam in a hydrotherapy pool with a wolf? Uh, not know? many. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All these amazing things I got to do, you know, how many people have bottle-fed a wolf cub, you know, slept with them in their arms, had them jump into your arms for protection, you know, these kinds of things, you know, yeah. had yeah. them jumping all over you in the middle of a howl and... Yeah, amazing stuff. So yeah, it was it was a real privilege, and I and I loved all my ten years there. Yeah. Um, and I and from it, I've had so much. You know, I've had um, interactions with lots of different socialised walls over the, the UK. Uh-huh. So I'm really privileged to have friends in lots of wolf places. So I still get wolf contact, even though I'm not working with them daily anymore. Yeah. And I know whenever we cover wolves, I know that um, there's a big response. And dog lovers do love wolves. There is a fascination there, isn't there? Mm -hmm. And they are so different, but so similar. You know, you can look at a wolf and go, oh, my dog does that. But then when you start to understand that just that slight difference in the DNA, and it is tiny, makes a huge amount of difference in their behaviours, really. Yeah. Um, but you will look at them and go, oh, yeah, my dog does that, my dog does this. You know, my dog drives, you know, um, makes a scrape in the, in the ground when it's hot to cool off. You know, my dog circles in their bed. All of those behaviours that you can see in the walls. So it's a real link. But I mean, walls are so mystical, aren't they? And so emotive as well. You yeah. just either love them or you hate them. Yeah, yeah. No, I think most dog, dog lovers love them. And it's, it's strange because, as you say, that, that wolf behaviour... In our house, I can see it most in our little Bichon, who's a little white fluff ball, uh-huh. you know. And, and yet she's the one that, to me, you know, she does that, still does that, turning around three times and yeah. scratching her bed. And she's, she's very in- independent. So we've bred her to look <laughs> not very like mm-hmm. a wolf. She's all wolf at heart. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and you know, I'm, I have to say, I, I'm, I, am, I get worried about, you know, things like the wolf dogs that are coming into fashion now in yeah. the UK because... You know, if people aren't experienced handlers, they don't understand. You know, they want a dog to be aloof and not like strangers. And they go, oh, actually, they're too aloof. And they really are supposed to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they have these tendencies that are so much closer to the wolf. You know, wolves yeah. are very suspicious. You know, they're not going to likely to be mixing with other dogs in the park. And all no. these things that we want our dogs to do, um, you know, they're not going to be doing. So, yeah, it's a bit of a worrying trend for me, really. Yeah. It's it's a fascination, but it needs to be from a distance, doesn't it? And with respect. With people who are very experienced. And I think yes. even sometimes people who are really experienced suddenly go, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yes, we. I mean, we, we went on one of the wolf walks and you do have to respect. It's very controlled, isn't it, the interactions with, as a stranger to the wolf? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it takes a long time to build a trust with a wolf, as it does with a dog. We mm. forget that it takes six months a year if we get a rescue, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. For them to really learn to trust us. Sometimes the wolf will never learn to trust a particular person or handler, mm. um, you know, or you'll just be tolerated. I mean, some of the wolves I work with, I could never say they absolutely adored me, but they tolerated me. Yeah. You know, if I didn't raise them from babies, you know, that you'd have to earn that respect. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tony, another time, can we have a, a, a more in-depth chat about Among the Wolves? Yes, of course. I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, okay. Well, until then, good luck at Crufts. Uh-huh. and um, <laughs> Cheers. And um, can you tell us where people can find out more about you online? Um, yes, they can either go on Facebook and search for The Truth About Wolves and Dogs, and they'll find my Facebook page. Um, or my website is tellingtontouch.co.uk. Smashing. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Career Zone is well worth checking out if you work with dogs or if you want to work with dogs. But there are many other informative areas such as Discover Dogs where you can find out about every dog breed the Kennel Club recognises and the dog activities rings too. One activity ring which is always popular is the Heel Work to Music one. And to get an idea of the considerable preparation which goes into the displays, I spoke to Jenny Deakin, who is the Crufts Dog Activities Heel Work to Music team leader. So she's about to be a very busy lady. I am. I mean, this is the ninth year I've done Crufts, so, um, yeah, as a team leader for Heel Work to Music, so it's, it's you know... Another fantastic year, and my energy and my motivation towards it is still as high as it always has been. So oh, brilliant. I love it. It's a bit like a, a Christmas to me. Dog lovers Christmas. Do you know you're not the first person to say that to me about Crufts? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, doesn't, it doesn't just start with Crufts, does it? When do you start rehearsing with the team? <laughs> I, um, well, it doesn't really stop, actually, because I try to um, represent as many breeds um, and also uh, rescue dogs, um, crossbreeds in my team. So uh, throughout the year, there's Hillworks music shows that go on, and, and I go to them socially and also compete um, with my dogs. And I oh. always keep my eye out for dogs that you know could could you know come on my team at Cross. So it never really stops. But I, I start. I send the invitations out to the to the dogs and the handlers that I um, I want to invite in November. Um, because I have, usually have a kennel club meeting about Cross to kind of just prepare um, with the kennel club team, dog activities team. Uh-huh. Um, so that starts. The main arena um, team um, gets selected generally in about October, um, and we start our rehearsals in November. So we've actually got um, a big team meeting, all of the team, um, including the main arena team and their practice, is coming up on this Sunday, um, oh, nice. Sunday the 8th. So, yeah. So it never really stops, but the more the more more work starts in about November. Yeah, it intensifies. Yes. Yes. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not just not just selecting the teams um, uh, uh, and what day. Um, I try and represent the the breed that's showing on the day. I try and represent that. So, for example, this year at Crufts on um, the Working Pastoral Day, I have a, the first dancing Doberman at Crufts. Oh, wow. Um, so she's going to come on the team. So, therefore, you know, those people who like Dobermans, 
can also see a Doberman doing another activity, for example. Yeah, um, On Gun Dog Day, I've got an all-gun dog team um, from um, English Springer Spaniel, Flat Coat Retriever, you know, all sorts. So oh. I try and represent what breed is showing on the day to the, what I have on my team. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. takes a little bit of coordination and coordination with the handlers. And then also my team every year have a special Crufts Dog Activities bandana for their dogs. So yeah. that takes some designing with a company, a local company in Coventry um, as well. So, it, you know, it's quite full on, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And I have an amazing team every year. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I can't really complain. Oh, when you say that you, you try and represent a lot of different breeds, I mean, mm. you really do show that here works music can be for every dog, irrespective of size, because you've had everything from a Great Dane down to... Um, Papillon. Papillon, yes. Papillon's probably the smallest I've got, and he's, he's on my main arena team again, little Frodo, yeah. who is doing... One, he is brains and beauty. He is doing exceptionally well in the show ring. Um, he's won, a, I think, a couple of um, CCs now, or maybe reserve CCs, but he's doing very, very well in the show ring, and then also he's an advanced... He'll work to music dog. Wow. Um, yeah. So he's done it very well in the competition ring and he'll work to music. So, yes, all breeds. And this year, what's an amazing crossbreed? Oh, um, I've got uh, Jill and Andy from up north um, coming along with their, their amazing dogs. I, I so hope you get to meet them there as they are. Goose and Tilly are just amazing. They're crossbreeds and they are so much fun. Um, so they'll be doing, um, they're on my main arena team and also they'll be doing a pairs routine in the dog activities ring in Hall 3. So that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, excellent. I mean, well, how does it feel when you are in that main arena? Because it is vast, isn't it? And it's it's a big audience. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think about it. Um, yeah. Because I love it so much, and I really want to show off the team and their handlers and their dogs, and I know how hard they've worked in their preparations. I just want to, you know, support them. Sell sport of to music to how much fun it is. Mm. It's not all about the competitions. It's about training your dog, um, having fun with your dog, teaching your dog some moves and behaviours, um, and things like that. So it's not, um, you know, it's not just about the competitions, but it and it's just educating those who want to learn and, and you know just show um, um, all the different breeds I've got again this year. On my main arena team, we've got the crossbreeds that I mentioned, that are collie cross poodle. Um, they're just brilliant. Um, little Papillon, flat coat retriever, English Springer Spaniel, oh, wow. yeah. um, a lovely crossbreed um, called Freckle, who is a rescue uh, rescue dog, who again is another heel, advanced heel work to music dog. He does very, very well on the competition ring, but also is an amazing display dog yeah. um, with, with her um, handler Anne. So, uh, you know, it's just. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I hope that kind of kind of shows when I'm kind of giving the commentary yes. and, and explaining what goes on. I, I actually do really love it. And it's also quite fun. You mentioned about preparation. Um, our, as soon as I've kind of got the piece of music that we're going to work to for the main arena um, demo, and we've been doing that demo, I'd, I'd say, in the main arena for seven years now. Yeah. I'm already starting listening to music to what I can do for the following year and choreographing it in my head and, and things like that. Because obviously I've got eight or uh, seven or eight different dogs mm. that I've got to kind of work with and they don't all move at the same speed and you want to show them off. And so it ta- that takes quite a, quite a lot of 
preparations. I do remember one year I was on holiday, um, luckily in Malaysia. And there I was, sat in Malaysia on the beach, listening to the main arena music. <laughs> you know, as you do. But, yes. Um, yeah, that's my commitment to it. And I, I, as I say, I do really love it. So yeah. it, 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 it really does never stop for you. No. no. But I, you know, I arrange Hear What's Music competitions and fun shows. Um, I teach Hear What's Music uh, and dog training. And it's just part of my life. My yeah. daughter, who is 16, 17 months old, her first Hear What's Music show was when she was six days old at Rugby Day Club. So, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just part of life. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and I, I just, yeah, that, that's, that's just me. And luckily I have a very supportive family and husband that allow me to kind of let that be part of my life. So yeah. it's yeah. great. I, I think that you, you raise a really good point because if, if you want to compete in heel work to music, you know, you, you can do, obviously, and is, there are um, sort of very formal series competitions and you gather the points, don't yeah. you, and you go through. But yeah. for anybody, I mean, I, my Labrador um, mm. is not, you know, amongst the best trained in the world. I'll admit that no. now. Um, but we have had a go at heel work to music yeah. and we had a ball and he loved it. And that's the thing. You... If you have fun with it and you train with it, you know, and you, you play with it, and what can my dog do? Let's, let's see. Yeah. It, it does strengthen your bond. You do have fun. It is Definitely. really good, isn't it? And, and that's what, I mean, I, I run, the, run some fun shows as well. I've got one on the fe- February the 22nd, um, running a fun show. And I have uh, m- more entries uh, than some small here at Music Kennel Club competitions. I've got... 14 brand new handlers coming to have a go at this fun show wow. where you can take food or toys in a ring. Um, and, you know, and it's a massive social thing as well for me. Yeah. I haven't competed much this year with my own dogs due to, you know, um, getting used to raising a child. Yes. Um, uh, and not had the time to put into them. But um, it's a massive social thing for me. And it's yeah. just lovely to catch up with everyone. Um, and I think that's what happens on my cross team as well. The, the dog activities here at Music Benches are a bit of a social um, area as well, where everyone from the Hillwood community, Hillwood commu- music um, community, come and say hello. Really, and we have yeah. a bit of natter, and there's always plenty of biscuits, cakes, and tea going on. So yeah, it's yeah. all it's you know it's all good fun. So and then no. also you know the general public who come and visit Cross come and say hello, and the kids can say hello to the dogs mm. and watch the dogs train um, and things like that. That's so all all great. I was going to say, it's it's obviously popular with people that want to have a go at it, but mm. it's it's also very popular. You always you always have to sort of push to get you know you sort of got yeah, spectators six deep. A, yes, we always have a, a very uh, about a few deep crowds around yes. the ring. Um, I think that's also because we also bring the children into the ring at one point and play a game with them and the and they copy what the dogs do and. Um, but this year, in my dog activities demonstrations, we have a very a couple of very special um, first time ever at cross um, uh, routines that are, are going to be really good fun. I can't oh. say too much, but hopefully you'll come and watch one of the demonstrations. Yeah. You'll see. But I have loved um, teaching and choreographing the routine for the whole team to take part in, and it's just a little bit of fun. And all the handlers have big smiles on their faces Aww. when they're doing this routine. It's really good fun. Uh, and, and the music is a, is a, a very well-known uh, country and western singer who was a Glastonbury. So, oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, just so, it's just been so much fun this year, all the preparations. And, um, again, another really good team. A um, few few dogs that aren't on the team this year have chosen not to come, oh. which is a shame. I haven't got my great Dane this year. He's um, he's uh, he's not coming on the team this year, which is a shame. We'll miss him, but um, 
He's, uh, he, he decided to concentrate on competition this year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he's done very well. He's gone up to advanced in uh, Hilton Music. So, yeah. you know, that's a, a massive achievement for him and his handler. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so, but again, you know, it's just, it's, it's just really, I can't believe it's coming so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well... I, the best of luck with it. You, you know I'll be there. Any day yeah, I'm there. I'm, come and say hello. Yeah, I'm there yeah. watching the Hillwork to Music. I love it. <laughs> um, for, for anybody that's interested in either finding out more about your, sort of your team or yeah. is thinking about sort of coming and trying Hillwork to Music with their dog, where can people find out more about you online? Um, for there's, there's a couple of websites. There's a new website for, um, of hillworktomusic.co.uk, which is a general Hillwork to Music uh, website, which tells you a lot about it. Myself, um, uh, I run uh, my uh, um, club as such is called UKHTM, um, and that's online uh, .co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that's that's generally it. Um, and then also we have a Facebook page, um, which is Cross Dog Activities Hillwork to Music. So I kind of put stuff on there to, to kind of build up the enthusiasm of the team and people do countdowns of how many days to cross and, and things like that. So they're getting really, really excited already. Um, we've got a couple of team days coming up, one uh, uh, in February, so that's going to be really good fun. Um, so, yeah, there, there's plenty of stuff out there. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the only way you can find out all the information. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you for taking the time out of your That's preparation. Okay. Um, I'm glad you, you, you sort of stopped listening to music and choreographing long enough to talk to me. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. It's well embedded in my brain already. Good. Um, so, yes, but our, um, we do two demos a day in the dog activities ring in Hall 3. Mm. Um, and then we do a, a demonstration in the main arena on Thursday um, afternoon and Sunday morning is when we're in the main arena this year. So we're really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it too. If you are lucky enough to go to Crufts, I can recommend watching some of the heel work to music. And to find out when any of the displays are on in the main arena or in the rings in the halls, the best thing is to buy one of the show guides, which are like a big glossy magazine containing lots of information and articles. Some of the competitions may surprise you. For example, Jodie Forbes is currently preparing to compete in a grooming class. Now, I know very little about what that involves because my grooming skills go as far as running a brush over my border collie. So I asked Jodie to tell me more about what her competition will involve. Well, I'm in the um, over 18s clip, trim and strip class. Mm. So um, that means that you can either clip your dog, strip them or trim them with scissors. But you have to get quite a lot of fur off and you have a significant amount of fur um, taken off. There are two classes. There's the groom through or the clip trim and strip. And um, what I'm going to be doing is stripping my border terrier. Yeah. And um, with that, you just use your thumb and your forefinger, and you just kind of gently pull the fur out. And, um, yeah, border terriers, um, and many terriers, actually, if they have the wire coat, they don't... Um, um, you can't clip them. You have to just pull the fur out yeah. gently, and it comes out easily. So uh, that's what I'll be doing, yeah. Wow, excellent. So... Part of your preparations for Crufts is you've got a great excuse not to groom her for a while, haven't you? Yes, yes, she's really <laughs> scruffy at the moment. Aww. Now, having said that, you know, I don't know anything about grooming and I wouldn't know what, how to do that at all. But I have seen pictures of before and afters of, you know, things, breeds like um, Border Terrier, like um, you've got, or um, I imagine, I think probably Cairns and things like that. And they do get sort of like a little fluffy 
ball, don't they? And very wiry and full. Yeah, like old men, they look like, with the big beards and the eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, the dog looks a lot smaller after you've hand-stripped them, doesn't it? Yeah, they look smaller and they love it as well. They're a lot more lively because, obviously, there's massive weight of them, which is gone. Yeah, yeah. So do you have... Um, is there a time limit on, and you know, how long you get to, to groom your dog? Yeah, um, I think it's two hours. You get a maximum of two hours, but um, obviously some dogs don't need as much grooming, so um, you can leave whenever, really, as long as the judge has looked at you afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So you literally, you take your dog there, you groom it in front of the, of the judge, the judge sees what kind of job you've done, and then yeah. you're, you're marked, yeah? So how did you qualify for that, Jodie? Well, um... There was a qualifier weekend um, at Discover Dogs, actually. Um, they hold a few qualifiers, the Young Kennel Club do, um, around the country um, throughout the year. And uh, the, first, the, the person who gets first place, or sometimes it's first and second place, depending on how big the class is, um, will qualify for craft. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay, yeah. brilliant. So you're, you're a member of the Young Kennel Club? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Would would more years now. Oh right, excellent. Would you recommend that to other young people? Yes, fantastic. There are so many opportunities and um for young people going into the world of dog sharing is quite scary because obviously there are so many amazing um people. Uh but it's it's good for encouraging younger people because obviously you're only up against um people that are your age and not the top trainers in the country. And it just, it's really encouraging. And they have training weekends as well where you can meet these top trainers and they give you tips on how to um, do the um, event that you're, you want to go into. Yeah. Yeah, because they, as I understand it, they do, they'll help you whether you, um, you want to do agility or obedience. It's not just the showing, is it? No, it's not just showing. They do um, hear watch music, obedience, flyball, um, agility and grooming, they, they and obviously um, handling as well. Yeah, they they help with anything. Yeah, brilliant! What a great opportunity. Now, I know that even at your young age, you are a Crufts veteran, aren't you? You've been many times before. Yeah, we've been um, competing at Crufts since two thousand and eleven. Brilliant, brilliant. So obviously, you like Crufts. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it it is a very special atmosphere, isn't it? Yes, it's amazing. It's um, just full of like-minded people, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the best show of the year. It's, it's what we look forward to all year. Yeah. So tell me about your dogs, because you've got two dogs, haven't you? Yeah, I have um, two Border Terriers. Mm-hmm. Hazel, who's eight years old, and Bramble, who's four years old, and she's Hazel's daughter. Yeah. And um, we do agility and hear watch music and grooming. Yeah, and we would just compete in that and have fun, really. Yeah, yeah. That's the key, isn't it, having fun? But um, now, I remember um, a couple of years ago seeing you performing with, with um, Bramble and Hazel in the main arena as part of the Crufts Factor. What was that like? Wow, that was um, absolutely amazing. Yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely something that I look back on and think, oh, my goodness, did you really do that? Um because it was in front of thousands and thousands of people, and um, it was uh, we there were um, you could vote online for mm. the top people to go through, and there were four people who um, went through. So it was me and three other people. Yeah. And um, it was just an amazing experience, really. And at one point, um, I had to balance on one foot <laughs> because um, the dogs were 
that were just there around me, and I nearly fell over because I was shaking so much because I was so scared. That main arena is magical, but it is daunting when you look up and see all those, as you say, thousands of faces, and you think, gosh, I'm here. Yeah, Yeah. well, I was too scared to look around, really. I just kind of focused on the dogs, and then at the end, I looked around, and I thought, oh, my goodness, and I had to actually sit down when they were doing the award ceremony. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And then last year, you were back there again competing in the Heal Work to Music? Yes, in the Young Kennel Club Heal Work to Music um, freestyle class, yeah. And how did you do? Uh, we won our class, which is amazing, because it was only um, the second time that we'd ever done a Hillwork Music competition. Yeah. We'd only done the qualifier and qualified with that, and then this was just the second one we'd ever done. So it was amazing. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Now, you, you obviously enjoy Crufts. I, I like Crufts. I, I do enjoy it. Um, what do the, do the dogs enjoy it? Do Bramble and Hazel enjoy it? Um, well, we definitely enjoy going around and looking at the stalls and yes. getting free treats and stuff and all the attention, yeah. So, yeah, I'd say they, they do enjoy it. Yeah, they don't get much sleep, though. No, it, it is a busy atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can, because I've, I've taken uh, my Labrador, and it's, a, it's very different when you go around with a dog from when you go around on your own, because suddenly you've got this dog to protect, and it's, it seems twice as busy and twice as many great big feet that could yeah. step on your dog, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it is... Um, harder when you take your own dog yes. uh, you don't really get to look around as much as well and you can't go in the main arena which is a shame but obviously um, you can't take your dogs in there no no well excellent well the best of luck with the, with the grooming competition we'll um, we'll catch up with you and um, see how you're getting on um now i know is it is it bramble that you've entered it for um the crufts factor this year the the, the photo competition yes yeah okay do you want to tell people about that um, well, the Fast Factor is now online. It's not. Um, they don't do it in the main arena anymore. It's just um, a voting competition, hmm. and every week there's a theme. And at the moment, it's um, funniest pets. But there's been best action shot, best before and after grooming competition um, photograph, and um, you just get your friends to vote for it. And then the top ten will go to a panel of judges, and they get to choose. And then the winner gets a year's supply of. Um, some brand of dog food which I can't remember <laughs> we and won't advertise never food. mind <laughs> yeah so Jodie where can people find out more about you and Bramble and Hazel online um well we have a YouTube channel um which is Crazel Pup C-R-A-Z-E-L-P-U-P mm-hmm. and that, that has all of our trick videos and training videos on there and also we have um, a Facebook page called Hazel and Bramble Performing Pooches um, so you can give that a like and then you'll get our updates. Brilliant. Okay, great. Um, I know you have lots of fun with your dog and dogs and, and that's the key, isn't it? It's not just about the the crufts moments. It's about every day with your dogs, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's all down to having fun, really. You can't really get a dog to do anything for you without having fun, um, well, especially terriers, because uh, yes. they're the most stubborn dogs you can imagine. <laughs> if, I, if I didn't make it fun, um, I know Hazel definitely would just walk away. She wouldn't... <laughs> you won't bother doing anything you just have to make it fun and it's so rewarding when the dog actually enjoys doing what they do and you can tell that when they're competing because their tails are wagging and they look so happy and enthusiastic when they do it yeah so it's definitely all about fun oh brilliant that's a that's the best attitude to have um the best of luck at crufts and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you and find out how you did afterwards brilliant thanks Young people like Jodie are the future of the dog world, so it's great to know there are such well-informed, experienced hands ready to take the task on.
Jodie and her dogs are a great example of the fun you can have with training, as well as the achievements you can attain. Younger visitors to Crufts may well enjoy going to the Young Kennel Club area of the show, and we have a link where you can find out more about the YKC on the Dogcast Radio site. This next interview just blew me away with the level of performance expected of championship obedience dogs. I spoke to and was in absolute awe of Lynn Tozer, who is preparing her dog to compete in the Bitch Obedience Championship. So just what kind of behaviours are involved? Um, well, she's, she's one of sort of the top 22 bitches in the country. Yeah. Uh, and these, um, it's 22 bitches have been competing throughout the year and they have to win a championship class to get invited to Crofts. Mm. Um, so it, it's quite a difficult thing to get there. Yeah. It's quite an honour to get. Um, and the equivalent on the Saturday, there are 24 dogs, I believe, this year competing. Um, but when you take that from Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, and we've even got um, a German dog competing for the first time this year. So it, it's quite a difficult thing to achieve. It is. That, that sounds... So when, when you're talking about that level of obedience, yes. is, is it kind of... Are we talking about stays and you have to leave them and go out of sight and that sort of yes. thing? Yes, yeah. They have to do stays out of sight, I think 10-minute down stay and a three-minute sit stay out of sight um, and in cross conditions as yeah. well, which uh, is something we don't encounter throughout the year because most of our shows are outdoors. Uh, so it's quite stressful for the dogs sometimes. Not stressful as such, but... Um, they can be affected by the atmosphere of Crufts. Yeah, yeah, because obviously you can't help but, I would imagine, but be a little bit more nervous than usual. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, you've got the crowd um, around the arena and you've got the tannoy going off and all sorts of dogs barking in the background. So there's quite a lot going on there that our dogs have to, have to be put, put into that situation and cope with it. Yeah. Yeah, and do you have to do any kind of retrieves or um, that kind retrieve, of thing? Uh, retrieve. Mm. not going. We don't know what the retrieve article will be. The judge will supply the article. It could be anything uh, from a cuddly toy to a plastic spoon, anything. Um, and it would be the same for every dog. Uh, then they also have to do what we call a send away. And once again, until we get there, we don't know what the judge is going to put down as a send away. Uh, so until you get there, you can't specifically train for those send away markers. Wow. So it could be like a mat or it could be a pole or it could be... Anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Normally, um, uh, you'll get sort of like um, three or four markers Um quite visible, uh, quite good markers, you know, so that would be the normal format. But it could be two teddy bears or it could be two plastic buckets. You don't know until you get there wow. what it's going to be. That's, that is impressive. That, that must be mine. Uh, that must be worrying for you as well. Uh, yeah, you, you, you've got to train your dog for every situation. Uh, so that's the sort of preparation you do at this time of year is try to find as many different sendaways and get the dog used to as many different ones as you can. Um, and the same with the retrieve articles. Yeah. So, and the other thing I've got to mention they have to do as well is a scent test exercise. Yeah. 
which um, they have to find the judge's scent. Um, there will be about um, 10 cloths down, all the same size and all the same colour, and then the judge will put his scent on two of them, and one will go out in somewhere into this circuit of cloths, and then you will give the scent that he's put on the other cloth to your dog, and they have to go out and find that. Wow. Uh, again, the conditions that crops cause um, can cause quite a lot of problem there because uh, you're working on carpet, which once again, other than crops, our dogs never work on carpet. Um, and the heat from the lights causes um, a lot of heat on the ground of the carpet, which yeah. affects the scent. And also our dogs are used to air scenting. Well, you've got no free-flow air through crofts. No, no. That, that height, you say. So scent can cause quite a few problems at crofts as well. So, again, you know, uh, our dogs have, have had it very, very difficult to get there. And then it can be twice as difficult when they're there. <laughs> so, but they're, they're things you can't always train against, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, you've given me a whole new um, level of admiration for these dogs and what they cope with. That's incredible. And the other thing they have to do is what we call distance control, hmm. where um, you leave your dog in a position, it'll be a stand, sit or down, whatever the judge determines it to be, and then you walk away and you, and you probably walk 15 paces away in the arena, and then you have to... Um, give six further positions to your dog, sit, stand down. Again, what the judge has decided to put on. Mm. Wow. That is just mind-blowing for me. Um, <laughs> I, I can't even, you know, imagine getting it anywhere near that. Tell, tell me about your dog. How, how old is your dog? My dog is probably the oldest dog I've ever taken to Croft. She's just turned 12. Yeah. Um, which normally... Um, at that sort of level, you would talk about retiring a dog about 10 um, because the level of concentration required um, for the standard is quite high. Um, and normally, even the working collies start to... They still can work, mm. but they can't concentrate as much. Um, so normally, they get to 10... Um, but unfortunately, because I was judging the championships, my bitch had actually qualified to work in 2012. But because I was judging them, I wasn't allowed to work them. Yeah. So that all got carried over for a further year. So uh, she's, she's a bit of a late starter. <laughs> but she's retiring. Yeah. She's retiring because uh, she's sort of started to get cataracts now, which is obviously going to affect when you send a dog to a send away yeah. because the vision isn't the same as it used to be. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that dogs like people, though, age at different rates. For example, my, my, yes, my Labrador is 12. He doesn't know he's yes. old. You know, he's full of the joys of spring. He would still, he still chases a tennis ball. He loves a walk. He's, he loves his food. You know, they, he's not an old dog. So you, you have to judge it by the no. individual dog, don't you? Exactly. I mean, touch wood, mine is really fighting fit at the moment. Um, so we just go with the flow and, and she will retire there this year. So uh, whatever she does, she'll enjoy it. Yeah. She always enjoys the atmosphere. Yeah, that's the key. If the dog enjoys it and you're enjoying it, you know, anything else yes. is a bonus, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, and, um, and now, what's your dog's name as well? Shambles. Shambles, okay, right. Um, and, and you and Shambles, you're part of the Midlands Obedience team as well, is that right? No, I, I am, uh, what, with the Midlands team, oh, right, it's yeah, slightly yeah. different. Because mm-hmm. um, the Midlands team, what they try to do at Crofts is introduce, you see, mainly in the championships, it will be, I would say, 95% they will be all collies yeah. in the championships. Mm. Uh, you'll get, I think there's one German Shepherd, and, and I think there's about three Retrievers. Other than that, it's collies. Now, with the team event, what the Kennel Club have done has put a restriction on the team so that you can only have one Border Collie Stroke Working Sheepdog. Ah, the right. rest to make up a team of other breeds. So it gives the opportunity for other breeds to actually go to cross. Mm. Um, and with the team event, it starts at beginner level. You see, we have sort of, um, we have a beginner class, a novice class, an A class, a B class, a C class, and then championship class. Yeah. So championship class takes place on Friday and Saturday. That's for the champions. Mm-hmm. Um, and champions are not allowed to compete in the team event. Right. So it yeah. gives an opportunity for people who perhaps don't aspire to work at championship level. Um, but would love the opportunity to show the dog off at Crufts. Yeah, that's um, a lovely idea. I like that. Yeah, um, so all the teams have to put in other breeds. And I think in, in our team this year, we've got a boxer, um, two golden retrievers, one collie. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a variety of breeds taking part. So, oh, we've got German Shepherd in as well. Um, so it, it gives the the other people, and particularly at lower level classes, mm. to have the opportunity. And they actually apply to go in the team, and then they go to a tryout where there is the team manager, who's Lee Jackson, and um, myself and Steve Fraser uh, do the selections, and that forms the team. Yeah, that's excellent because I know a, a while ago, um, my my Labrador and I tried out for the the obedience stakes. Oh yes, yeah, yes. But we, you know, we turned up to one and we were competing against someone who'd instructed me when I first got my dog, and I'm thinking, this isn't really a level. It wasn't that sort no, of no, no. easy way in that it had been promised to be. So that's a brilliant idea because it does encourage people to well, that's, that's to train. What People with other breeds as well, you see. Yes, yeah. Because if you, if, if you had a team that was you were allowed to do all collies, you would get a lot of other people wouldn't put in for it because the collies, let's be honest, they're bred for the job. Yeah, yeah. They are a breed uh, apart, aren't they? They are. They're, they're highly intelligent. Um, they're geared up for obedience. Yeah. And that doesn't mean to say no other breed can but the majority are collies. So people would not apply if they thought you were going to have a team, if there were going to be a lot of collies allowed into it. Yeah, yeah. And also they varied the test slightly for the um, team event in so much as they've introduced a jump and um, a, a little bit different variety from what normally people would encounter at the shows throughout the year. Yeah. 
Um, just to try and bring a bit of interest, because at the end of the day, Crufts is a spectator place. Yes, yeah. And, uh, it, and, and that's what it's all about, seeing the different breeds um, and keeping the spectators' interest, because you could be sitting there from 9 o'clock till 5 o'clock watching tests, and unless you're really so interested in it, you can easily get bored. So mm. they've tried to vary the, the tests a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And so the team event, do they, mm-hmm. sort of, they, they sort of run one after another and then you average out the scores? Each, or? Each, begin, each, each beginner dog for each team will go, to get, will go one at a time. And right. then they'll treat all the beginners and then each novice dog from each team will go forward then. Uh, and then it's obviously based on a points system. So you never really know until the last dog worked how well your team have done. Yeah. Oh, that must be so exciting, though, when you finally work, out, work it out and realise. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that it's on on a Thursday, which is um, probably the, the least popular day at Crofts. But, you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds really interesting. If I'm there on the Thursday, I will be there and, and come and find you. You see, this is what I love about Cruft, that I know that the, the showing is sort of the, the heart of it, if you like, but there are so many other disciplines that get to, you know, their moment in the limelight, don't they? That's right. And you see, with, with obedience, um, unlike the breed, once you've qualified uh, in breed for Cruft, you are there for life. Oh, wow. With obedience, you're not. Mm. So um, all 22 of us that have qualified to work in March this year have got to then re-qualify or try to re-qualify for the following year. So once once you're invited there, it's not um, a year-on-year thing. Yeah. yeah. You have to progress through into Championship C. You see, our Championship classes... um, can be as many as 60 in a class. Gosh. It's going to be one that he's going to win and go through to cross. Yeah, yeah. On that day. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that, that's incredible, isn't it? Again, it's, that's well, a it lot is, of competition. You know, yeah, uh, and yeah. sort of you've got people from all over the country mm. um, travelling to try and get what they call um, a championship certificate, which is the certificate that qualifies you for the following year at cross. Yeah. So really, your preparations for Crufts go on all year, don't they? (laughs) Um, My preparation for Crufts with Shambles in particular is to keep her fit. Yeah. Um, She had quite a serious back injury. Hmm. I would be probably five years ago, six years ago now. And she actually damaged a ligament that goes over the sciatic nerve. And I had to take her out of the ring for two years. Um, because she was in so much pain Mm -hmm. with this ligament damage. Um, And we tried various um, hydrotherapy and what have you to try and alleviate the pain for her. Um, And the only thing that worked was acupuncture. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, She had acupuncture, and I was lucky enough to get her back in the ring, and and that's when she went on to become a champion. Mm -hmm. So, And she still has acupuncture today. Yeah. So my 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 main work is I do a lot of road walking this time of year to keep her fit because obviously mine are exercise free running. Yeah. Um, but you know that road walking builds up the muscles more than free running. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so she has her normal free run, and then we do an hour's road walking three or four times a week. Yeah. Um, and plus the acupuncture, and and there we go. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm so glad that she did come through that, and that you you're having all this time, right. you know, and yeah. you know, and obviously you're enjoying it, she's enjoying it, and I. I'm, you've blown my mind with what you've managed to do and what they, those dogs have to do. And I'm always in awe when I go to the obedience ring. I'm just in awe of those dogs because they are amazing. Um, Lynn, thanks ever so much and the best of luck. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. What a fantastic attitude from one of the top competitors in obedience. Brilliant. The obedience ring is a must if you want to see dogs performing amazing tasks. But if you prefer agility, flyball or almost any other canine sport, you can see top level competitions in those disciplines too. Now, with all this doggy activity, there are always lots of journalists at Crufts and there's never a shortage of stories to cover. But what kind of preparations are they getting up to right now? I spoke to Laura Patricia from Dogs in the News about what she's up to in the lead up to the show. And I started by asking her what she thinks of Crufts. I absolutely love Crufts. I actually legitimately get more excited about Crufts than I do about Christmas. Um, <laughs> it's, it's four days. I get to be a dog nerd. I get to meet loads of other dog nerds who kind of get me instead of my usual co-workers who sort of look at me like, you're mad. Um, and it's just dog everything, dog toys, all the different breeds, all the different activities. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. It is. Now, I know that the dog showing people get quite cross when, when you say this, but it is much, much more than a dog show, isn't it? It is, absolutely. I mean, I would say the dog show is still the heart and soul of it. Mm. But, you know, just getting to go and see, you know, it, it's a dog show in terms of it shows everything you can do with your dog. You can do agility, you can do, you know, they had the obedience last year, which I loved, which was the different breeds doing obedience against each other. And you got to see things like staffies, who you don't usually see in the obedience ring, doing obedience it was great it was fantastic it really is i mean it's the chemical tagline but the celebration of dogs isn't it yes it is that's what i always think it's a it's a celebration of the relationship between dogs and us because you know like you say in the main ring there's there's assistance dogs there's um, therapy dogs police dogs you know all the ways that dogs support us you know it it, it, it is celebrated at cruft isn't it yeah, yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, for you and I, particularly, Cruft is a bit manic because you end up running here, there and everywhere trying to catch everybody and every story, don't you? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. I, I do need the day off after to have a nice break. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is fantastic, but when you get that many people together, um, the stories are amazing that come out so it is uh, it's it's really fun um yes absolutely one of the things i'm doing on my website i did it last year and i'm doing it this year again is our show tales series where i just feature people who are taking their dogs to shows and it's great because i'm getting to meet loads of different dog people and hear their stories about you know why they pick their breed and how they got their puppy and things but it actually makes cross that much busier because then the next year everyone wants to catch up with you <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I was going to say that. It does snowball, Cruft, doesn't it? It becomes more and, you know, you have more and more people to fit in every year you go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and everyone always says, oh, people who love dogs are so friendly, but you've got, you know, 20,000 of them in one room. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, that's interesting in itself that when you go to different breed shows, I think not only are the dogs 
different and I know they're all individuals but there are you know breed tendencies but not only are the different dog breeds have they have their own differences the people who choose those breeds I think are, are quite different they have their own you know um quirks and and, and individualities and oh definitely yes, yeah definitely yeah I, I find that Great Dane people usually have fantastic senses of humour. Okay. That's, that's not what I've come across. I do find that um, I know one girl who owns a Pyrenean sheepdog that she does like agility and, and everything with, and she's just mad as a box of frogs, but it matches her dog because her dog's just this <laughs> high energy, you know. Yes, yes. Yes, Border Collie people are... are Now, I, I have a Border Collie, but I don't class myself as a Border Collie oh, person yes. yet. Oh, no, they never stop, do they? No, no. I, at heart, I do think I'm a Labrador person. I'm, I'm much more laid back. But, you know, yes, I, I, I do live with a Border Collie. But I, it, it is, it's a stretch for me. It's a stretch. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're, we're in the run-up to, to Crufts and everybody's sort of doing their own preparation. So how do you prepare for Crufts? Um, I personally, I start about just sort of after Christmas. I kind of get Christmas out of the way. And then about January, February, I start thinking about getting the website ready, I've got to do all the coding and get the pages set up the way that I want and everything. And then I do start doing pre-stuff on Twitter um, because that's, that's the main sort of focus on my website is we have a Twitter feed. It's a daily thing. So I start doing build-ups. I start doing articles about crafts. Um, I usually, obviously, at that point, I start thinking about getting my press pass from the Kennel Club, things like that. And um, what I'm doing so around about now is just like I'm trying to get people for this new show tales series where I just I want to get their story I want to know why they picked their breed how they got into showing or agility or whatever it is that they're doing with their dog at Crufts and um and then when I get to the show I try and catch up with them and get photos and things and um there's always so much more that I want to do and not enough time to do it if that makes sense yes (laughs) yes I try and sort of focus in a couple of directions and not go go manic (laughs) yes because it it is easy to do you you just get this sort of twitch of I've got to go and cover that and that and that and that talk to everybody so yeah you do have to there's so many great stories and so many great people to talk to and, you know, all the Friends for Life people and all the celebrities that are there and everything. And as you said, you sort of run around going, oh, I must cover everything. Yes, yes. It's, uh, yeah. One of the things that stands out for me, the, one of the stories I remember from Cruft, is they had the uh, skeleton of the dog that was on the Mary Rose, um, Henry VIII's uh, huge ship that, that sank. And I can remember standing by that and that was really exciting for me just to this dog from, from years and years ago. And, and, you know, you could see how similar in some ways it was to modern dogs, but just that was quite a thrill for me. Um, are there any stories from Crufts that stick out in your mind? Yes, absolutely. My, one of my favourite Crufts memories is um, the year I went in 2005 was the first ever year that I went. Mm. And I had actually gotten the tickets as a birthday present, as a sort of commiseration, because we talked about getting a dog and we'd agree that it wasn't the right idea. So for my birthday in August, my dad got me Crufts tickets. Mm. And then between my birthday and Crufts, we decided that dog was a good idea. And we'd actually made arrangements. We were going to pick up my puppy the weekend after. So I spent the entirety of Crufts buying every dog toy and treat under the sun in anticipation of this, this puppy that was arriving next week. And then actually when I was in the Discover Dog section, I heard a lady talking about her Norwich Terrier, whose coat wasn't in the best of condition hmm. because she'd had pups at Christmas. And I turned around and went are you Sally Brown? And I've spoken to her on the phone. And she went, yes, who are you, crazy person? And I said, <laughs> you, that's my dog's mother. And I ended up spending the next hour at the Nor- Norwich Terrier Ring and Discover Dogs just playing with my puppy's mother and being in absolute seventh heaven. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah. 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 And um, also the, the Norfolk Terrier won that year. 
and then I was picking up my Norwich the next week. So it was a nice little kind of, you know, yes. it, was, it was a great weekend. It was a great memory, me and my dad. And like I said, I just spent the entire time really excited. I was getting my first puppy. Oh, that's lovely because your, your first visit to Cruft is very special because I don't think until you've been there, until you've walked all those, you know, however many millions of square feet it is, you don't really get it until you've been there, but that really makes it extra special as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then you see it on TV and you watch Best in Show and everything, but then actually getting to be in the ring and feel the atmosphere and see the dogs in person. And, you know, sometimes you can see a dog on TV and not really like the look of it, but when you see it in person, it's just got that personality, that kind of X factor. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I enjoy my four days at Crufts every year. Um, well, I, I'll... See you there this year, Laura. Um, yes, for those right. for those who can't make it to Crufts, um, where can they find out more about you online? Uh, they can find out more about me online. I have my Twitter feed, which is at Dogs in the News, all one word. Or they can visit my website, which is www.dogsinthenews.co.uk. And if you can't guess what my Facebook page is called, you're a bit of an idiot, which because it's just Dogs in the News. If you search that in Facebook, I'll come up and um, you can find all the information there. Yeah, excellent. Um, well, hopefully... Um, some people will get, get in touch now and um, say, yep, we'd like to tell you our story and uh, we'd yes, like to meet absolutely. you at Crufts. Anyone who wants to be involved in the Showtail series or anyone who wants to have a, you know, a product or anything that they want to meet up with me in Crufts and chat about, I'm more than happy to meet people. So tell them to get in touch. I absolutely love hearing from people. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll be hearing from me at Crufts then. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lovely. Well, thank, okay. You for, thank you for taking the time out of your preparations for Crufts and um, I'll see you soon. Excellent. Thank you, Julie. This has been just a taster of the kind of preparations going on right now around the UK and further because many dog charities, for example, are also gearing up to get their message across to the public. And, of course, hundreds of retailers are also getting ready to meet all your doggy needs. And don't worry if you can't get to Crufts. We'll be there on your behalf. So, till next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident Dogcast Radio. That's all one word, Dogcast Radio. By email, you can contact me on Julie at dogcastradio.com When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. What do you get if you cross a beetle and an Australian dog? Dingo star!